Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the DSL podcast. I'm back with Rory Deer. Hey. How's it going today, Rory? Very good, very good. Yourself? I'm all right, actually, yeah. Yeah, a bit tired, but it happens, doesn't it? That's life. It happens, that's life. So the topic today is going to be, I don't know if anyone's heard of this, because I haven't heard, I didn't hear of it. I suppose categorised. I would say that um, the suspense is killing. That I'm just going to say. <laughs> I would say that I kind of work by it, live by it anyway. But yeah. I haven't heard it kind of put into a term and terminology and categorisation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have to agree. I, I think I like to think I live by it, but I think sort of looking at this in a bit more detail, I realised there were occasions where I yeah. haven't been abiding by it at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's it's uh, blissful ignorance on your part as well, or if it's possibly. So we can't <laughs> keep them waiting any longer. Would you sure. like to reveal what this topic is about, please? Sure, Robert? sure. So we're talking about radical candor today. Okay. Um, as I'm sure you know, um, radical candor it can be one of those things that's easier to define by what it's not as well. So we're going to talk about a few things that it isn't, and there's yeah. a nice little quadrant that I'm sure our listeners can look up through yeah. googling if they want. Um, but it's really, it's, it's a management style, I suppose, at its heart. But to me, it's it can be a parenting style as well. I mean, you don't have to look far around these streets to see examples of bad parenting. And <laughs> no. I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes looking at things like this makes you reflect outside of work as well. So if that's the case, I mean, we've talked about how it sort of categorised behaviours. Could you sum it up in a sentence exactly what it is? And radical candor is, is direct, it's helpful, and, and it helps people develop. Um, yeah. And that's how I sum it up. Um, I'll talk a bit more about what radical candor is, but I suppose I want to start on what it isn't. Um, yeah. Some of these other quadrants. Uh, I'll talk first about the one that I found myself in quite a lot, which is called ruinous empathy. So the, what you're going to talk about, you've got radical candor, which is essentially, I, I would say that's how we operate. Or certainly, that's how we always aim to be. That's it's, what it's we aim to be. It's easy to fall be. off the wagon, but yeah, that's how we always yeah, aim, where we always yeah. aim to be. But we, I would say that certainly myself and you are pretty much always firmly in this camp. Good. Yeah. And then these other sections which you're going to talk about, I don't. As I said, I don't think. I think companies. I think the problem is some companies are like that, and I've worked in companies yeah. where these other areas or these other categories have been the overriding category. Yeah, see, I've never worked anywhere else. This has been my, my job since yeah, see, I've, I've, so I've, uh, I've, I've grown up with this kind of nice culture, and I suppose where I see these these other segments, I almost see little flashes of uh, flashes of them at some point 10 years ago, and we, yeah. we addressed them. We didn't realise what they were called at that point, but we addressed them and yeah. we moved on, whereas I, I hear a lot of companies that are run like this. And I think like when we when we went through it, and then I look back to some of my past employers, and I won't name and shame today, because that's not what I'm about, Rory, hmm. but you could certainly start to place certain ones in certain categories. Okay. So I'm sure people listening will probably be able to do the same as well. Sure, sure. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit about yeah. ruinous empathy anyway. So to me, ruinous empathy is, is the nice one. It's wrong, but it's the nice one. It comes from a nice place. It comes from yeah. the right place. Um, and this is the one I've been guilty of. And then what it effectively is, is where someone's perhaps underperforming, um, 
but you, you don't call them out on this. You don't say, okay, look, you're underperforming. Here's here's how I can help. Here's where I think you're going wrong, which is the advice people really want. Yeah. Um, people always use the example of, I don't know, you've got a bit of lettuce in your teeth. Yes, it's embarrassing for someone to tell you that, but at the end of the day, you want to know if you've got a bit yeah. of lettuce stuck in your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want someone to pretend that you haven't. And ruinous empathy is all about pretending that you haven't. So it's, it's the underperformer where perhaps they're suffering a lack of confidence, but rather than address the underperformance and let them get some confidence through performing more correctly, um, you almost talk like they are currently performing where you are. So, oh, you're doing really well. Yeah, just, just keep going. Just keep plugging at it. Yeah. Just, just keep going. And you almost hope that they get some confidence. And then, and then in getting that confidence, it solves the performance issue. And then you've just never had to deal with a performance issue. You've yeah. got away scot-free. Pardon the term. That's okay. <laughs> the... You're creating, I suppose, a false, well, what's the word? Narrative, I suppose. A false narrative yeah. that actually things are going well. And the yep. problem with that is you're not, you're not addressing things yep. directly. Yeah. So then what happens is time passes with no improvement. You said yourself, it's kind of pinning the hope on, oh, I hope something clicks. Yeah, they'll have some self-realization. They'll have a self-realization, yeah. but for them... I suppose the self-realization is, oh, actually, I'm doing great here. I'm doing great here. So you're you're kind of avoiding. Yeah, that's the problem. And and another thing that falls into this a little bit, um, perhaps it's a topic we'll do another discussion on, is is what does excellence look like? Because that's a really interesting statement, I find, because not everyone understands what that is. And we're going to talk about this a bit in probably a company session, actually. But you can't expect people to be 100 out of 100 in a row if they don't know what that looks like. Yeah. So part of ruinous empathy as well almost disguises and sort of chops and changes a bit of smoke and mirrors about what excellence actually is. And do you think as well, because you said you've been guilty of this in the past, mm. do you think that's dependent on the person you're dealing with? Because I wouldn't say you've ever been like that with me. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I think you, a, you can get emotionally involved in people, especially when you see they're struggling in certain areas. Yeah. B... I mean, it's, it's hard to be direct as well. It's hard. You have to almost have a conversation with yourself. Look, I'm doing this for the right reasons. And sometimes it is easier just to be, oh, yeah, yeah don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and I suppose to, to go on to the parenting analogy as well, you, you, you don't want to translate this directly into telling your four-year-old who's useless. But <laughs> there, no, there's an yeah. element of, of children where you are blindly encouraging them because they can't possibly be, be able to be that competent at something when they're young. And it's, well, what you're effectively doing is taking that nurturing parent kind of angle and, and not even nuancing it slightly and just applying it to a you, fully grown adult. You're also potentially setting them up for a big fall because yeah. you used to see the ones that used to go on X Factor, for example, yeah, yeah. being told they're great. And, yeah, yeah. And everyone's you know, clapping them like the range seals yeah. and yeah. And yeah, when they the speak like the rain seals, and that's the problem. <laughs> and even like to, to kids, when your parents, they're taking their kids playing football, mm. and they're, they're talking up their kid like they're, you know, Mara, Maradona, and they're Madonna. But they don't, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. don't know, they think they're great, so that's no good either. So yeah. that, those are the types of things that fall into that particular category. Mm. And as I said, I'm sure everyone, work-related or not... Yeah. But you see, I understand it's coming from a nice place. Like, There's nothing malicious about it. There's no, nothing no, yeah. mean about it. It's, it's all about trying to help that person, trying to make that person feel better about themselves. But then someone could argue, is it nice to not give them earlier on and save you going on the X Factor in front of no, not, yeah, 50 million yeah. people and making yeah. absolute just exactly, yeah, idiots? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So that's the... Yeah, but he told me I could sing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds really good. Yeah. 
So that's literally that. So I think we probably should move on, I suppose. To yeah, then go on to the next one. But that's one of, one of the areas. Yeah. yeah. So that's one I've been guilty of. Um, and it's a nice one. No, the next one's not so nice. And I hope I've never been guilty of this. Maybe I have. Who knows? And manipulative insincerity. Okay. But this is all about the little games we play. This is it's almost doing everything but addressing an issue. I don't know. Someone's as simple as someone hasn't emptied the dishwasher. So what do you do? You don't mention it to the person who hasn't emptied the dishwasher. You go and bitch about it to everyone you can find, while the person who hasn't emptied the dishwasher. And it's all this kind of game playing. This if I say X to Y, then perhaps A will do something different to B, and all this just kind of school school ground kind of playground. Playground, but also you'd imagine Gossiping. maybe in the image I get when I hear that is kind of cutthroat corporate type yeah. environment, yeah. which is all about one-upmanship, I should say, mm. as opposed to the quality of one's work. It's the quality of one's game playing that actually gets yeah, yeah, that's fair. Gets you to the top. Mm. And there's a a phrase which I think you can relate to this. Excuse me, I don't think I think I can say this, but where they say you have to uh, kiss ass to kick ass, right. which kind of ties into that. that yeah. You kind of play the game until you're in a position. Yeah. But that's. Yeah, I'm, maybe that was something in the 80s, maybe even the 90s. That's what it feels like. But yeah, I'd like to think the world's moved on from bullshit. Well, you're my friend. Oh, there we go. Warnings on this particular episode. I'm going to get called. I think mean, you're allowed one for a 12 rating. Very cool. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know rating, what rating this is going to be by the end of it. <laughs> but, anyway, but, that, but that's the kind of thing. And again, you've come across that. You said school ground, playground stuff. Mm. And it keeps going on. And it's just... And it escalates. I mean, this is the other thing as well. It doesn't. It, it doesn't stop at being a tiny little, tiny little piece of malicious gossip. It, it escalates. You've got people. But what, saying, well, why do people do that? What is the thinking behind that? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's again an unwillingness to address something directly. If we talk from where it is on the radical kind of trying to quadrant. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm too scared to address this directly, so I'm gonna try and find a way. I'm gonna try and play a chess game through this and hope that. Do you think people that act like that, they do it, you could be because they're like cowards and afraid to it, but is there an element that actually enjoy that um, in a sadistic probably, way? Probably, especially if their workplace is a particularly exciting, maybe that's the only exciting thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. I, like play, I mean, you hear all <laughs> these stories and things. So it's an interesting one. I mean, I personally have never done anything like that. Mm. And would tend to call anything like that out pretty quickly. Yeah, I always wonder because, like I said, I've only ever worked at this company. We've always been fairly small, and then we're up to what fourteen now, something Not like 14, that. 15, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, how does this play out in a, in a company of fifty people, a hundred people, a thousand people? Does this happen more or less? I mean, I suspect more. I suspect more, yeah, because like I said, there something like that in a smaller company with a smaller company in general. You can't hide from everything. You're essentially exposed. Everything you do, people know about. Yeah. So certainly in this environment, speaking from our point of view, if anyone was trying anything like that, yeah, pretty it quickly, be, yeah, yeah, yeah it would yeah. be nipped in the bud. But I'd imagine maybe people that are listening that have worked in bigger offices, corporate offices, yeah. this is probably the norm because it's hard to kind of... Mm. That's probably what's of any of them working from home. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. They're working from home. having to deal with any of this yeah. political stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, which is why 
Okay, so yeah, let's move on to the last one. So the last one's obnoxious aggression. Yeah. Um, so this is really, I don't know, you're in a restaurant, your waitress accidentally spills a drink and the manager comes over and just tears a strip off her. So yeah. this is just this kind of ruling by brute force and fear. Uh, and I, I don't like, I don't think, or I don't like to think there's too much of that about these days. I mean, I've certainly seen it. Our local subway, oh, I certainly right. saw it in not long ago, where the manager sat there doing nothing, big queue out the door, and then just started yelling at the people who I, were serving. I think, I think it is still about. Yeah? I think so. I think there's that that going on in, in certain places, I can imagine, because you mm. get the people that are just on the, the kind of power trip. Yeah. I suppose I perceive now with how kind of how much uh, HR law has advanced that as a manager you can get away with speaking to people like that. So maybe it is reserved for these smaller kind of establishments where the owner is the manager and do you know what I mean? Almost like this, yeah, this subway franchise HR. situation I'm talking about. I can't imagine you'd get far in a corporation shouting at people these days because they would quit and sue you for unfair dismissal or stress yeah. and you'd be sacked from bringing the company into disrepute it feels like there's a lot of laws that would stop that behavior these days but you just might get away with it off the radar somewhere yeah it'll be i mean it's, a, it's an interesting I, I would say out of the if i'm honest out of those three the aggression one is something that probably my friends and family if they were to put me in okay. a quarter okay. yeah they would say I'd be guilty of that. So here's a question for you then. Yes, please. So from a health and safety perspective, right. is there a place for obnoxious aggression? Can there be a place for obnoxious aggression? Well, I would think so, yes. In health and safety situation, you need someone to... That's one thing. I mean, you're working in a chemical factory. I mean, my dad works at Auto Glim. They do a lot of uh, solvents, a lot of really dangerous yeah, chemicals. Yeah, Yeah, you've got a procedure here which says do not put this acid anywhere near this product. And you've got some guy walking around sort of ambling and accidentally mixes it. Yeah. People can die from that. Yeah. Maybe that's not the time to sit down and go, well, we're going to have a constructive discussion about how we yeah. can improve performance in not causing fatalities at work. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it does demand a level of aggression. Well, is there then... Or are we talking about something different? Maybe we are talking about obnoxious aggression. Is there a legitimate time for people to be shouted at to be kept in line with a company procedure, I suppose? It's not something that you would kind of try to push, but I think there's a time and a place for everything. Hmm. And, and also, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps you've used radical candor here ten times in a row. It's <laughs> still seen exactly the same if, scenario. What if somebody? Because everybody's very different. But what if somebody only reacts to that? Well, that, that's it, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, you've tried, you've tried the radical candid approach a number of times. You're not getting anywhere. What are you left with? Well, that's it. It's like the Fergie hairdryer. <laughs> that would be yeah. obnoxious aggression. Yeah. And did they win that game? Well, probably did. They used to win. They used to win a lot, but uh, not so much now. We won't talk about that. <laughs> I don't support them, incidentally. I mean, I find it hilarious what's going on. But, but um, we'll, move, we'll move on. So you've had those three things. So now we've got radical candor. Explain what that is. Is it essentially a balance of all three? What would you say? Um, so I think the actual term radical candor comes from, from radi radi radically candid. So the idea is that no one is actually that candid, but mm. like we've all got these little PR layers, I suppose, in what we think to what we say. 
Um, and when that translates and work, it can take you off in all these kind of crazy directions. So I mean, it's the concept that it is actually radical in these scenarios to just tell the truth. Yeah. Simply. No softeners, no no softening the blow, no trying to talk round of another area. I mean, I found actually on the softening the blow side, I used to do that quite a lot. I'd, I'd be direct and I'd be sitting there thinking, yep, you are being direct. And then I was oh, but don't worry about it. It's not that important. Or, you it's see a what I mean? comment. Yeah, it's like maybe a comment after yeah. to take the edge. You sort of see your emotional reaction. You go, oh, no, I've upset someone. Right, okay, better, better but step slightly backwards here. I don't know if this is random candor, but you find it as well where someone will all, like, pre, preface, say, an idea or a sentence with something to sort of put themselves down so they're not as exposed. For example, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's probably a stupid idea, but yeah, yeah. rather than going, this idea is is this, what do you think? Mm. And I always find that quite interesting. I, yeah. and people, this is a similar thing, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, because what's the point in that? Mm. It's only self-preservation, isn't it? Because if you say, oh, it's a stupid idea, and everyone goes, yeah, it is, it is stupid. Yeah, it's no, I knew it was yeah. anyway, because I told you. Yeah. But whereas it, you might as well just put it forward. Yeah. But I think on the, on the not softening the blow thing, I mean, I think that's hard as well, because some, sometimes you are being direct with people. Because I think there's a scale of how, I mean, let's say how emotional people get at work, for example. Like, I'm, I've always considered that I can be criticised constructively, hopefully, but I mean, you'd certainly, you'd certainly never see me cry, but I mean, you would never, I don't think, see me kind of visibly upset. But then there are a lot of people that also get very visibly upset. Yeah. Um, and there's all the scales in the middle. So I think as the person trying to give that constructive criticism, which is for the right reasons and it's for the development of that person, it gets very hard when you see a negative reaction across from you. And the temptation at that point is then to soften the blow. It's but that is something. not helpful. It's not helpful. You have to, yeah, you've got to, you got to be honest with what you're trying to say. And like I was saying earlier, people react in different ways. Yeah. I mean, me and you had, when we were in the, the meeting the other week, or it might be Monday, I can't remember, maybe two weeks ago, and we had a disagreement where it was clear, <laughs> it was clear that we didn't agree with each other. Yep. Neither of us were backing down. And I'm sure other people in the meeting probably thought, they're going to go and sell this in a skip outside afterwards. <laughs> but we were both, I suppose, radically candid. Uh. We spoke about what we thought. And then also after the meeting, we came in and clarified it all anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and far more importantly, we reached not only an agreeable solution, a but a way forward we both were happy with. Yeah, and, and, and this is what you want in a company as well. You don't want a group of yes men that just say every idea you spout is great, because every idea I spout is certainly not great. Yeah. I need I need challenge on this stuff. I need to put it out. So does everyone. I yeah. mean, everyone should be prepared to be challenged, and everyone should prepare to challenge other people. Yeah, but also be prepared to defend yourself as well. Yeah. And as long as you do that as well as you can. I, I, that's what I mean. I, I don't see see the issue that if you had someone else no, anything wrong at all. no if you had someone else say coming in sitting on that meeting they'd be like you know oh these two must must hate you they might think <laughs> that there's some kind of this manipulative yeah, yeah. stuff going on where these two are enemies yeah. and there's obviously something gone on yeah. but the fact is actually we just yeah and that's why radical, radical radical candor is not is not fluffy it's not all this pat you on the head you've been a good boy constantly regardless of what's going on that's really sympathy <laughs> Radically candid is about how can I help this person be more successful? Because you don't want a string of people in a, in a, in a, a string of successive jobs all learning their own, all learning exactly the same mistakes yeah. and all learning from them. You ideally want to go right, okay, here's a platform. I've I've made some mistakes. I'm going to talk to you about them. 
So you can start a bit higher than me and we always go through like this. And but it's also as well, from your point of view, like you said, you're, you know, not all your ideas are the best, neither are mine. But what we always do is, is put them across. Mm. But we're also very happy to have someone, you know, say to us, yeah, that's a stupid idea. This yeah. is why it's a stupid idea. And then we're like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was a stupid yeah. idea. And I think for me, uh, it's, I would argue it's more important for me than anyone else in the company because no one else, I'm the only person that doesn't have someone above them to challenge down, if you see what I mean. I mean yeah. People are, people can be uncomfortable challenging up. It's they, very, they it's very easy just to look up and go, oh, no, I won't say anything there. And then, well, and then I'm off of wandering off in my own, meandering off in my own weird directions because no one's, no one's, holding me to account for it. But the problem with that is uh, challenging up or whatever you said is mm. usually the only way to get something sorted out. Mm. Otherwise you fall into this, um, yeah, yeah. this other category of all this like backstabbing stuff. Yeah. And everyone's been there and it winds me up as well mm. where you're working somewhere and they come to like, you have a problem in a different department. They come to you with a problem. Oh, someone's done this. And it's like, mm. What can I do about that? Other than all you've done is you've involved me in this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go and speak to someone who can do something about it. Yeah. Make sure they do something about it. Otherwise, there's no, there's no progress yeah, anywhere. Yeah. And I think I suppose just just to kind of close this discussion off, I think we were generally doing this most of the time. Um, but I think the problem with a culture where you haven't defined it around a set of structures is that the people coming in and the people leaving, it, it can just sort of blow away without you really realising yeah. it. You haven't defined what it is. You're just sitting there and going, yeah, I like this, I like this culture, this is great. But yeah, if you haven't defined what it is, you can't really keep it going. It's, it's at the whim of the people there. Um, Are there any negatives to this? To radical candor, um, I, think, I think some people find it very hard. Um, I think some people are not comfortable with... I mean, it's the people that were saying life they're not comfortable with confrontation. Yeah. Um, because it can feel like confrontation. So a lot of the work we've had to do is say it's almost almost like a that sounds cultish. <laughs> but but a mutual agreement around the company, like, look, we're doing this and everyone is everyone should be willing to constructively criticize anyone else if they feel that it would help them be more successful. Yeah. You have to get that buy in. I think that's the main thing. But you, you still see people that are are nervous about that and interestingly they tend to then slip into something like manipulative insincerity yeah. because they're too nervous to approach what they feel I suppose, in a yeah, to situation put, to put themselves up because i mean you did introduce this as a company mm. and there are people as we've spoken about me and you that kind of do this anyway and don't have a problem with it but from for other people it's a complete change of yeah, the and, yeah. and it's not an approach that they can click their fingers and suddenly this is what I'm doing it mm. takes time and then the issue is if there's no one there to kind of if these things aren't being done regularly or reminders whatever yeah. it's easy for it not to so it, it's not easy to get a company thinking like that mm. But once you do, and like yeah, you said, with pe new people coming in, and you're very clear about the yeah. culture that we have here. I think that's a big selling point in the company as well. Yeah, or any company that adapts yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's, I'm sure I've got friends that, you know, maybe work in more of a corporate environment. There's other people that work in a similar type of thing, similar type of environment 
as yeah. we do. And it's just interesting. As I said, I'm glad that I work somewhere where I can say what I think, mm. you know, about work, about other things, as long as they're coming from the right place. Mm. You know, I don't have to worry about saying something and be, you know, alienated by someone for like questioning the way something yeah, is done. Yeah, like, how dare yeah, you? Yeah. How dare you question that? Mm. So, I mean, I don't know if there's anything that we we can put up about this somewhere where we potentially we can provide a, a link. To information. Yeah. I know at the end of this there'll probably be a. What do they say, Roy? Hit the like button, subscribe, yeah, like so the video, share, yada, yada, yada. Speaking of things, Tom, I'm getting a note from my producer to stop hitting the table. Was it wobbles the camera? Yeah, this, well, this was a problem. It's oh, <laughs> interesting you brought that. Just stay off the table. Radical candor, if we're talking about that. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but that was one of the complaints from the last episode, tapping on the table. <laughs> so um, interesting that you brought that up. But, you know, I'll take it. That's what we do. Excellent. So there you go. Unless there's anything else you want to discuss, Roy, for this particular... Just that you've again tapped the table. <laughs> again, radical candor. Interlace your fingers and put them in your lap. Yeah, well, I don't... I try not to... The defensive, like the body language as well. Perhaps you say it on body language, but that's always quite... You always see people, don't they? What I was saying about the... Um, you know, how people preempt something by saying whatever. Yeah. And it's the same as well. It's so obvious. Yeah. I know one goes on. It's top of the list of, of body language. It's 101, isn't it, body language? 101, yeah, yeah. So oh, on that bombshell, I'm going to get back to, uh, get back to work. <laughs> and we will speak to you all next time. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you later.